I'm talking about problems here. And sometimes the first thing you need to do is be aware of problems. And sometimes people like to bury their head in the sand and pretend the problems don't exist. But this money is there for a reason. You've saved it for a purpose. Mm-hmm. If once you save it and you think, I have no way out, or if I, if I get out of it, I'm going to have a giant tax or whatever it might be, you just leave it there. And you're like, well, that's my kid's problem or whatever it might be. Yeah. Well, why would you do it in the first place? And why not use this money for your benefit? Why not, why not have a plan in place to make it beneficial to you and to your family and to your kids and things along those lines? You don't have to live in fear of capital gains. And don't let tax liability on non-qualified investments scare you out of cashing in and enjoying the fruits of the assets that you have accrued. You just need to pick your head up, get it out of the sand, and create a solid strategy, which is where today's episode picks up. We're going to learn about portfolio rebalancing and the difference between sheltered and unsheltered investment vehicles. And tax drag? Yeah, it's a thing. And it will definitely be on your radar after hearing Josh's thoughts on it. And while I personally may be tilted towards socks and naughty dip ingredients, I still need to know about mutual funds and how they can upend tax planning. This is the Retirement Equals Freedom podcast. Your host of the show, Josh Brettel, is the owner of FSR Wealth Strategies. For the last few decades, he's been helping find folks like you make retirement the best part of your life. And me? Well, hey there, I'm Dave, Josh's longtime friend, co-host of the podcast, and huge fan of Tom Servo, Crow T. Robot, and the rest of the crew on the Satellite of Love. All right, enough about me. That me, that you, that me, and my introduction so we can start the show. FSR Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor located in Elmhurst, Illinois. Information and opinions contained in this audio have been arrived at by FSR Wealth Advisors. All information herein is for informational purposes and should not be construed as investment advice. It does not constitute an offer, solicitation, or recommendation to purchase any security. FSR is not providing legal, tax, accounting, or financial planning advice in this audio. These views are as of the date of its publication and are subject to change. It's an exciting week. Why? Tell me why. Um, this table that we've been waiting for since Thanksgiving is finally here. Thanksgiving or much earlier than that? Yeah, I think it was earlier than that. But uh, do you think this table is going to make the podcast better? Well, it's hard to improve something that's already perfect. Now we have no more excuses. Better make some darn good podcast. <laughs> Yeah, Josh, we got this beautiful table. I'm a little warm. We got a light behind us here, and I got this warm FSR thing that you made me wear. You look good, though. Oh, well, I appreciate that. So do you, Josh. Thanks. That gallbladder removal is the best thing to happen to you. I had a 20-pound gallbladder. (laughs) 20 pounds lighter. (laughs) How about that? Dave, in the last episode, we talked about something, and I meant to have it here for you today. I don't. Hopefully in our next episode, which I think we're recording tomorrow, actually, Okay. the Girl Scout cookies are in. That's going to be a huge hit. You did promise a picture of this alleged 1,900 boxes of cu- cookies in your front room, though. I was off by 200. There's only 1,700 boxes of cookies. Oh, my gosh. And I didn't get a picture because we had it spread out throughout the entire f- first floor due to construction 
issues. Missy, my wife, is the cookie coordinator for her Girl Scout troop. Now, okay. let me let me put this in perspective. By Girl Scout troop, these are daisies. These are first grade girls. Okay. They are, there's like 20 of them. They started selling Girl Scout cookies like two weeks before Christmas and finished mid-January. They sold for like a month. The worst month possible because for two weeks before <laughs> Christmas, no one wants to buy more Girl Scout cookies. No. Not at all. Um, I don't know why they do it that time of year. So kids, girls sold some, but like some girls sold a ton of cookies. Now, my wife is really organized and she doesn't like people who aren't. I mean, I'm amazed she likes me at all. <laughs> but on Saturday morning was cookie pickup for the entire city of Elmhurst. So every Girl Scout troop in Elmhurst went to Sandburg Junior High to the parking lot in the back of the of the of the school to pick up Girl Scout cookies. And we had the 8.45 pickup time. It started at 8.30 with the 8.45 pickup time. And they give you a sheet of how many boxes any type of car will hold. Okay. So we have a minivan. We emptied out the seats in the minivan so that it's wide open. We have another friend with a giant SUV. And then we had my smaller SUV. So three of us go to pick up these cookies. And these cars are packed. Now, I pull in the Sandberg parking lot. There were three semi-trucks full of Girl Scout cookies for the city of Elmhurst. Gosh. Elmhurst is not a big town. I mean, we have a lot of active kids, but... 18 wheelers? Like we're Three talking? 18 wheelers. Oh, dear Lord. It's a racket. Now, I didn't get to see how full they were, but I couldn't imagine you'd bring more than one if the other two were one was full. You're not going to pay for a semi unless it's, like, stuffed full. So I was thinking, that's just one city. Imagine, like, oh, Chicago and gosh. the rest of the country. That's a lot of Girl Scout cookies. I thought Maggie alone sold 1,900 boxes. So no, that's why no, no, I no, was no, a no. little more like, what? No, no. What? 17 Between 20 girls, 1,700 boxes of cookies. Cookies. Ooh, that's still not a small number. So you will have probably have yours tomorrow. Missy's been organizing them and getting them out. So uh, awesome. If you don't, you can yell at her. But that's uh, <laughs> construction. Our house is actually done. Right, I've been showing you pictures today. They were yep. cleaning up today. But uh, we've had construction stuff everywhere, and then piles of Girl Scout cookies <laughs> for other Girl Scouts to come pick up. So it's been kind of funny. That's what you need in your uh, in your house. It's been a disaster zone for the last four months. Just boxes of cookies. You know what's gotten us through it, Dave? Yeah. Coffee. Speaking of coffee. I noticed you had a pot in your hand. Yeah. You know, Cometeer, it's counterculture. It's the roaster for this particular blend. I forgot which blend I'm drinking, Josh. It's delicious. But it's purpley. And I made it iced today because I love me some Cometeer. I feel like you're really loud today. Like, my ears have you, like, really loud in them. All right. So let's just be fair, though. Um, I'm a little not sure how to talk in this new setup. I'll turn your <laughs> microphone, your headphones down a little bit. I don't feel like I'm too loud in my ears. I feel like you're too loud in my ears. Yeah, that's why I'm turning down your headphones here. Oh, all right. Do I have time for one more cute story? Yeah, of course you or do. Shall we wait, wait, wait for tomorrow's podcast? Josh, we don't even have to talk about anything financially related. If it just wants to be cute stories, that's fine. I, I, I got cute stories today. Like, I'm in a really good mood today. I know. I can tell. So Thanks for sushi, by the way. That's how good of a mood you were in. Uh-huh. Yeah, normally I'd worry that my wife would hear that because uh, sushi with Dave at lunch, sometimes she gets jealous, but she doesn't listen to the podcast, so we're good there. No one tell my wife Dave and I had sushi today. You know I'm talented in some areas. Mm-hmm. I'm not talented musically. Mm. I have zero musical talent. Missy has about the same. Alex, my son who loves and we won't let him listen to the Retirement Equals Freedom podcast anymore, has become obsessed with the guitar. Right. He was taking lessons. Taking lessons. 
he now owns a guitar. We got, he wanted to practice at home. And how are you to say no to a boy who wants to practice at home? Mm-hmm. I didn't think he'd actually take it seriously. But in their lessons, they are learning a song, and it's one of my favorites. You ready? Yep. So that is the White Stripe Seven Nation Army. It's one of my favorite songs. I've known you a long time. I never well, knew you liked White Stripes. I didn't know what that song was actually called okay. until Alex came home and he goes, Dad, I'm learning Seven Nation Army. And I go, <laughs> cool, what's that? He goes, you know, nah, 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 nah. And I was awesome. like, oh, that one. So now I looked it up and I wanted to play it. But I thought, like, how are you learning that already? Like, you've had three weeks of lessons. How is that possible? I thought maybe he just had an amazing teacher or he had like some sort of weird sick ability to learn the guitar. No, no, he just they, they tell him he's playing that and I don't know what noise is actually coming out of the guitar. Oh wow. But uh he's really into it and he loves it and oh, it's kind of wow. cool to see him going, you know, with it. And he gets the fingers going and it's kind of cool. I've never it's uh, better than when I played the trombone in fourth grade. Right, I played a clarinet. Now, how is Zachy and his harmonica doing? <laughs> Zachy <laughs> Zeki um, and Maggie said they're going to be part of Alex's band. He can play the guitar. Maggie's going to sing so she can scream into a microphone, and yeah. Zach's going to be the harmonica player. So, I mean, can't wait for that podcast when we bring those three on. <laughs> Dave. Yeah, Josh, yes. We were discussing what we want to talk about today. And over the last few episodes, last couple months, we've spent some time on Social Security and 401ks, Roth conversions. Secure Act 2.0, we've gotten really tax heavy and taxes are super important. But I want to talk about something we have not talked about, but it's still tax related. Hashtag tax nerd. I can't get away from it. And this has to do with people's investments. And when we pick investments for people, when you're picking investments inside of an IRA, a 401k, a Roth IRA, it's actually a lot easier than when you're not. Yeah, the dumbfounded look is well-deserved on that one. So imagine you have this IRA or you have this 401k or even this Roth. Okay, sure. Your picture, it's like a box. And inside of this box, you can pick whatever investments you want. I dream of this moment. You do. And one of the things, the variables you don't have to take in consideration, or at least not very heavily, is the tax impact internally. Because you know in a Roth, all the growth's tax-free or inside of an IRA, the transactions inside of the investments aren't taxed. Okay, But there's a large number of people that have some significant assets that aren't inside of an IRA, a 401k, or a Roth IRA, or anything like that. So they're in what we call non-qualified or brokerage accounts. I was hoping you would take a longer break so I could answer that, because I actually knew the name of those. You wanted me to breathe. You just uh, say breathe, so you can say that. You want me, should, we, should we do it again? Yeah, you know, those those yeah. accounts that aren't inside IRAs. Would those be called, like, well, cool kids call them NQAs, but not... <laughs> Non-qualified accounts, Josh? Non-qualified. Actually, we just call them NQ, non-qualified. Oh, you just dropped the A's. Mm -hmm. Okay. But you're right, Dave. That is what the cool kids call them. (laughs) And when we have money inside of non-qualified accounts, we're not just looking at the diversification, the tax, the investment holding. We have to take into consideration the tax impact that we have there. 
Don't we always, though, Josh? I feel like it always is about taxes. It always is about taxes. But this is something people forget. Advisors forget about this. So let me let me put this something in perspective here. There's a theory out there called tax drag. Doesn't that sound sexy? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if taxes weren't depressing enough, you add the word drag after uh-huh. it. This is tax drag. Tax drag is the impact, the negative impact on an investment. If you didn't have that tax drag, that's how much better your investments would perform with everything else being the same. So the same investments instead of an IRA versus not an IRA, you could be losing 1% to 2% a year in tax drag. And that's just an estimate based from Morningstar that comes out of play. So sometimes I actually think it could be higher. Morningstar, they make breakfast sausages. Oh, do they? Yeah. I thought it was Jimmy Dean. But there's also a Morningstar brand. They also do tax stuff? Like- <laughs> no, more. Morningstar is a uh, probably the preeminent investment research company. Mm. Preeminent's the wrong word. It's one of the largest investment research companies in the world. If you haven't heard of their breakfast sausage, though, it's delicious. <laughs> For example, if you have an investment that pays you dividends. Dave, do you know what a dividend is? We talked about this before the show. We did, but I got to be honest with you. I was shoving my face full of sushi, so I, <laughs> I kind of was half paying attention. A dividend is profit that a company earns. So if Apple earns a profit or any company, any stock you own earns a profit, the way a shareholder gets their part of the profit is from dividends that come out. So if an investment pays dividends, those dividends are taxable to whoever receives them. So receiving dividends is a good thing because, hey, you got income, but B, that income is taxable. So there's a negative to that. Not all investments pay dividends. There's two ways that investments grow. They grow via dividends or income. Some of them will pay interest or things like that. But they also grow via capital appreciation. Amazon is a great example of that. Amazon doesn't pay dividends, but their stock price keeps going up and up. Amazon is not going to have as much tax drag as a company, uh, a blue chip company that pays large dividends, like an AT&T, something like that. Blue chip? Blue chip means some of the larger, old school, large companies out there that have been around for a long time. They call them blue chip. Sometimes those dividends can become negative. Now, I really want to focus, though, on mutual funds. Mm. Okay, Mm -hmm. We've talked a little about mutual funds in the past in prior episodes. Mutual funds are an excellent way to diversify your assets. Um, it allows you to hold multiple investments with just one one in holding. But mutual funds can be extremely tax inefficient as well as expensive. So mutual funds cost money. And the, the different kinds of internal costs, these are the overhead costs to own mutual funds, can be anywhere from 0.25 all the way up to 1.5%. So on top of what your advisor charges you, they might also be charging mutual fund costs. That's money that you don't have to pay. And that's not tax drag. That's a, that's a fee issue. But then inside of the mutual fund, you have no control over what happens. So companies that pay dividends that are held inside of a mutual fund, those mutual funds distribute the dividends to whoever owns it. So if you own a mutual fund and that mutual fund receives dividends, you're going to get it. That shows up in your tax return. And that's you, you know that. That's okay. So there's income-producing dividends. There's mutual funds that focus on dividends. There's mutual funds that don't. So things along those lines. But then something else that's actually more tragic that occurs is that mutual funds will have what we call capital gain distributions. Mm. All right. Uh, Give me a second on this one because I'm going to set it up here. Capital gain is when you buy something for one price. Let's say you bought it for 100 and it's sold for a higher price. You sold it for 150. 
The capital gain is the difference between what you bought it for and what you sold it. So that case would be 50. That amount is taxable to you. And people understand that, that people are okay with that. But mutual funds are weird because you can buy a mutual fund, hold on to it for like ever, and have to pay capital gains every single year on it. Which is weird because what happens is inside that mutual fund, they are constantly buying and selling their internal investments. And so when they buy and sell, those capital gains like dividends get pushed out to the people who own the mutual funds. Last year, 2022, I think people are in for a really rude awakening when they do their taxes this year. And that is because last year, 2022, the stock market was down. Almost every single person, if you're invested in stocks, lost money last year. But in theory, you would think, hey, one benefit, no capital gains. But another thing that occurs when stocks are down the way they were, a lot of investors will flee mutual funds. So they'll, they'll sell their mutual fund. And when they do that, money manager of the mutual fund has to sell their investments inside that mutual fund in order to pay the people money who want out. Well, that's going to trigger internal capital gains. Mm. So they'll, they'll have capital gains inside those mutual funds that they have to distribute. So you may have lost money in your mutual fund. Your mutual fund could have gone down 10, 15, 20%, but you're still going to pay a capital gain distribution. I mean, and it could be huge. I think it's going to be a really rough year for people in those. So that's a tax drag that occurs inside those mutual funds. <laughs> I think I made the right decision not investing in traditional stocks, but in, instead investing in Bombas socks. <laughs> Do you mean the Bombas socks stock or the socks no. themselves? I, I mean, you say stocks. I'm just thinking of socks and like how comfy my, my, my Bombas. Some people say Bombas. I say Bombas. Bombas. My Bombas socks are right now. So I'm kind of like dozing off as you're talking about these mutual funds. I'm like, <laughs> stocks equals socks. Well, um, I don't think there's a sock mutual fund, but if, if there is, it's, <laughs> we'll all, find it's it. all yours. <laughs> Thank you. So, But a lot of this can be very inefficient, and mm. a lot of these distributions are paid out towards the end of the year. So all of a sudden, you do your tax planning in October, November, and... Sneaks up on you. Sneaks up on you in December. December, boom, you're hit with this giant, this giant capital gain. Is there any way to predict it? There is. Um, the mutual funds will start putting some predictions out come October-ish, mm. and they'll tell you the dates are going to be declared and all that stuff. But until they actually pay them, it's not final. You, you have to really, really think about that because there's some serious tax implications inside of those, those accounts when that occurs. It can be extremely inefficient when that happens. Let's just put this into perspective. If, if you hold a mutual fund that pays a $50,000 capital gain, which is not unheard of, that could be very common... You know, $50,000, if you pay a 15% federal tax, a 5% state tax, that's 20, 20%. All of a sudden, heck, you just lost 10000 bucks in wow. taxes. Wow. And yes, in theory, in the future, you don't pay that money in the future, but all said and done, you'd rather not have to pay that money. Now, the one thing your favorite breakfast sausage company does not look at, mm-hmm. um, they don't look at the capital gains. For that, you have to go direct to the mutual fund itself. Jimmy Dean. So, Jimmy Dean. Yeah, the Jimmy <laughs> Dean fund. They're, they have a much better sausage. I like the Jimmy Dean. Now, by the way, not to go on a tangent, but I'm going to go on a tangent. Have you tried my, my naughty dip before? Dave, this is a clean podcast. Oh, I know, but it's a naughty dip. <laughs> no, I have not parties. tried. I have not. Tried. Maybe I have. It's well, real simple. What's that? A log of Jimmy Dean sausage. A log. A log. Do you cook it? A, a brick of cream cheese. Mm-hmm. A can of Rotel tomatoes. Cook them all up in a pot. Dip big Fritos into it. You'll thank me later. Dave, this could be a cooking episode for our 
email subscribers. You think so, Dave's Dave's naughty dip? Dave's naughty dip. I think that'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> you're you're doing all these sophisticated cocktails. I'm like, let's do some sausage and cream cheese. <laughs> <laughs> it's on brand. Now let's get a little bit more in depth here. Please do. Why are we talking about all these things, Bash? Why are we talking about this? Yeah. Why are we talking about this? Because it seems pretty negative. I'm talking about problems here. And sometimes the first thing you need to do is be aware of problems. And sometimes people like to bury their head in the sand and pretend the problems don't exist. But this money is there for a reason. You've saved it for a purpose. Mm-hmm. If once you save it and you think, I have no way out, or if I, if I get out of it, I'm going to have a giant tax or whatever it might be, you just leave it there. And you're like, well, that's my kid's problem or whatever it might be. Yeah. Well, why'd you do it in the first place? And why not use this money for your benefit? Why not, why not have a plan in place to make it beneficial to you and to your family and to your kids and things along those lines? So one thing people worry about is they look at the mutual funds, get out of mutual funds. They'll say, well, get into stocks. Or they'll say, hey, especially what we've seen in the last you know, 10, 15 years, yeah, the last year was down. But if you've held stocks for a long period of time, then you've seen large gains. So let's say you bought Amazon 10 years ago and you put... 50,000 bucks into it. That's a lot. Maybe you put 20,000 bucks into it and it's now worth 200. Well, the difference on that is taxable to you. So people's thought process is, well, I'm just not going to sell it. Mm. I'll just hold on to it. If I, if I hold on to it, I don't have to pay the taxes, mm. which is true. You don't have to pay the taxes, right. but you just lost use of all that money. Right. And that to me is, is really counterintuitive. You're cutting off your arm to save your finger. Yeah, why'd you do it in the first place? You invested that money for a reason. That's a good problem to have. Like, let's let's celebrate this. Let's do something cool with it. I like to tell people, here's, here's the issues that we have. Here's the issues we want to address. And, and quite often, people aren't thinking about them. And the reason we talk about this is because I want you to use your money. I want you to use it in its best purpose and for whatever you want to achieve. And we call it the Retirement Equals Freedom podcast. We don't call it the Retirement Equals Don't Use Your Money podcast. I mean, it's you want that... That was really kind of cheesy. <laughs> um, but you want that to be like for your own good. And I don't know why I feel like I have to look at you as I talk, but I do. But that money's there for a purpose. And I told you before, and this is going to be a two-part series, two-part episode, because I want people to understand that they can use and they should use their money. So in the next episode, we're going to talk about how we fix all these problems. Like what can you do if you want access to that money you don't want to have to die with it. You want to have it for your life. Or maybe it's even, maybe you don't realize the possibilities that are out there. Why must you needlessly complicate everything? I simply ask, why are we talking about all these negative things? And 18 minutes later, we get the answer. It was an important answer. I know. I'm just messing with you, Josh. <laughs> just messing with you. Cool. All right. What else we got here? Oh, we are going to talk about one more problem here. More money, more problems. More money, more problems. Now, let's talk about the theory of rebalancing. You want to hear my theory on rebalancing? Yeah, you got a theory on rebalancing? It's not appropriate for this podcast, but I do. Well, you already talked about your naughty dip. <laughs> yeah, I did. Now, here's what a rebalancing is, okay? A rebalancing is something that's technical in investment nature, meaning, hey, I'm going to have 5% of this, 25% of this, 13% of this, and it's you're planning your diversification. And when you plan out a diversification, you also plan out a, um, a tolerance. So because investments go up and down, so you, you're going to say, hey, I want between 5 and 8% of this. 
and I want between seven and seven and nine percent of this, whatever it might be. And if it gets out of those tolerances, quite often a rebalancing will occur. Is this is this have to do with risk? Uh, bit, it, it helps limit risk. It, it actually, there's some really great studies to prove the benefits of rebalancing. Okay. Um, and sometimes rebalancing occurs just on time. They say, hey, we're going to rebalance every quarter, every month, every year. And they're going to say, every month, we're going to rebalance to this threshold, 25, 25, 25, whatever it might be. You can come up with that. But those rebalancing triggers buys and sells. And we already talked about the capital gain distributions. Sometimes those capital gain distributions occur when you're buying and selling. And so what we look at is we say, hey, inside of a mutual fund, you can't control when they're going to rebalance. You can't control, hey, this got out of whack and we're going to rebalance this way or because of time they're going to rebalance. And all of a sudden, those will trigger capital gain distributions. So when we have highly volatile years, those capital gain distributions can occur as well. Does that make sense? Yeah. And whenever you say control, I think of just own it, baby. You ready for a sneak peek at next week's episode? Always. With technology nowadays, mutual funds have become less important. You can own these assets yourself. The S&P 500, we can own it for cheaper than buying a mutual fund. And then you have more control. You've got more control over the rebalancing. You can set the limits. You can set the thresholds. There's some really neat studies that show if you change the tolerance from a 5% to a 10% rebalancing, you don't actually negatively impact the performance long-term, but you can have a huge impact on decreasing the tax drag. Hmm. And when you're part of the mutual fund, guess what? You don't own that. You don't control that. But when you own it individually, boom. That boom really sounded stupid. I'm actually happy. I have a note here. I'm glad you brought the S&P 500 because I do have a note about the S&P 500 because... You wrote a note about the S&P 500? I did. You'll find out why. Because I'm reading through these things. I'm getting nervous that we may have too much invested in our Arby's Beef and Cheddar Fund. What? To where we'll be taxed like so much. (laughs) See? Well, even with the increasing prices of the beef and cheddar, it's no longer five for five. I know. It's like five for six or five for seven. But um, the beef and cheddar fund was trending on the S&P 500. I don't know if you saw that. I was reading that yesterday. Wow. Mm-hmm. On the Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Arby's beef and cheddar. It's a fund. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if you knew that. <sighs> Compliance is going to love this episode. <laughs> Hi, Debbie. <laughs> so, Dave, we've talked a lot about the problems. I gave you one little solution. That's kind of a tidbit for next week and how we implement that. But yeah. I think next week... Uh, not next week. I think on the next episode, mm-hmm. we're going to really shine some light on some things that you can do to take advantage of the tax situation, to minimize the tax drag. Everyone's looking for a bigger rate of return. You know, people are looking for the next investment. You know, should I be in Amazon or Apple? Should I be in Sears or Montgomery Ward? Should I be in whatever or whatever? Should I be in the Retirement Equals Freedom podcast? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, buy, I mean, our stock is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, but. They're looking for that extra 1% to 2% in performance on their investments when just getting rid of the tax drag can make a huge difference inside yeah. those investments. So. All this tax drag's got me dragged down. Yeah. What? What? Okay. Hey, hey Mr. Josh. Let's take a break. To the escalator. You've been talking for so long and my ears are sore. Let's not make them snore. Listening shouldn't be a chore. So let's get to know Josh and Dave and watch a rating soar. Oh my god! Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We got more room back here to dance. Well, we I mean, do. We, we we're, will. We're standing. We're getting there. We're really getting there. And it doesn't matter because we haven't put anything up on YouTube yet. So That is true. And my big question is, are you prepared with a question? I am. <gasps> I thought I caught you off guard. Nope. 
Okay. I'm prepared. By the way, uh, were, you t- were you done talking about all these mo problems? Because I just kind of cut you off at the knees. Yeah, well, I don't think anyone wants to hear any more about the problems of owning assets since I have a taxable account without thinking about it. I'm watching our ticker. I'm like, yeah, if they haven't tuned out by now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dave. Yeah. This is a really deep, really important get to know Josh and Dave. Deep Thoughts by Josh. What's your favorite flavor of Girl Scout cookies? <gasps> really? Yeah. Man, I'm excited to try these two new ones that we were talking about the other day. Mm-hmm. Other than a freshly made pina colada, I loathe coconut. But Samoas, something about mm, Samoas. Caramel, chocolate, coconut. Oh. oh, yeah, now we're talking. Yeah, and I, I, I love them all. Don't get me wrong. But Samoas feel like a guilty pleasure that once a year I'll mm-hmm. have them. Oh, yeah. Uh, now you did the other episode say frozen thin mints. Yeah, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make a a, a surprise. I love frozen thin mints. Yeah, but mm-hmm. and I didn't realize this, and you guys got to discover this. Th- there was a s'more flavor that got introduced a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I love s'mores. I love all things s'mores. I didn't realize that there are multiple Girl Scout bakeries in the country. Okay, and in different regions of the country. There's different s'more cookies. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, we were actually up in Michigan, you and I and our friends a couple years ago, and we no longer invite Chris up to Michigan anymore. Just don't tell him about it. But <laughs> we were out for breakfast, and there was a little girl selling Girl Scout cookies at the breakfast restaurant, and we bought a box of the s'mores, and they were the non-Chicago s'mores, and they are out of this world. So yep. I like the s'more cookie not made in Chicago. If uh, you are somewhere in the country and you want to send me some of the non-Chicago s'more cookies, I would love that. They're covered. They're covered in chocolate, and they have a graham cracker inside and a marshmallow oh, middle. Man. Oh my god, they're out of this world. And the Chicago ones are not terrible. They're not bad, but they they're taste good. More like a duplex, and they do like a like a true. Yeah, the Chicago s'more. ones are good. I'm not saying I don't like them. I'm yeah. just saying my favorite are the non-Chicago made. S'more cookies. If non-Chicago made s'more cookies were sold in Chicago, we'd be saying things like, ain't nobody got cash for that. (laughs) (laughs) All of our spare cash be going to s'mores, to s'more cookies. So all right, yeah, that's good. What there was something else I oh yeah. Dave relates to retirees. Yeah. DR2R. It's time for DR2R. Josh, are you ready? As ready as I'm going to be. So I'm going to have to admit something to you. Today's DR2R was somewhat inspired by our good friend who emailed us a few days ago. Oh. Do you remember who that was? I do. Mr. Mark Thomas. Senior. The rebounding king of York High School. He was called. The dirtiest player I'd ever met. He was called the rubber band of our team by the Daily Herald. Rubber band or the glue? Because he held us all together. I can't remember. But uh, he wrote in a pretty... he's tall and lanky and and, stretches real... And awesome. Yeah. He wrote in a pretty feisty email um, asking for more credit from me when I talk about the different ways that I was able to score points. He just wants more credit. So, Mark, here's your shout out, if you will. But Dave relates to retirees. Here's how I relate it. Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah? Okay. (laughs) MST3K. For those of you that aren't aware of MST3K... Right here. Yep. All right. The story goes like this. Joel is trapped on the satellite of love and shot out into outer space. As part of an experiment run by the MADS, M-A-D-S, the experiment is to see 
if they could drive one person insane by forcing them to watch a bunch of really bad movies. That's the plot of the show. Joel watches these bad movies by himself and decides, this is boring. I'm going to build some robots. So he builds Crow T. Robot and Tom Servo. And together, they watch really bad movies on a satellite of love. Joel and his robots have no choice. They are trapped on a satellite of love. See where I'm going with this? I hope so. <laughs> Joel is unable to fix the situation. He's in outer space. He cannot get out of this predicament. What I'm trying to elude is this. Elude? Did I use that correctly? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. As much as any MSTK3 <laughs> listener or watcher can elude to anything. You had a frog in your throat there. I did. <laughs> <laughs> so, dear listener, retiree, soon-to-be retiree, what I'm trying to say to you is this. Do not be like Joel and his robots you do not have to be stuck on the satellite of love, or you don't have to be stuck with all these taxes for NQAs. Seek out help from somebody that can help you with these NQAs. So that, dear friend, is how I relate to retirees. And for those of you who are familiar, secret agent, bow, bow, the super dragon, bow, bow. Josh, you can have your full house moment now because I know you're going to go home tonight. Pump up Netflix and watch MST 3K. I'm really glad you tied that together at the end because mm-hmm. for 99.9% of that, I was going, what is he talking about? I have never been so lost. Yeah. It's pretty simple, Josh. It comes down to choice. Joel had no choice. Retirees, you have choices. You need to own your retirement and find someone that can help you. You know, Dave, you said it for me, but let me... Let me back up a step and needlessly complicate everything. (laughs) Growing up with you, I watched you play video games. I wasn't bored. We'd sat there, we talked, we had friends. When Mystery Science Theater came out, I would leave. I would leave. I don't care about it. I don't watch it. It has no interest to me whatsoever. So when you were talking about that, I didn't understand how you were... I didn't even know the concept to the plot behind it. So I didn't follow most of what you said. But the ending, I did. And you are exactly right. Just because I don't understand it, just because I, quite frankly, don't enjoy it, doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And it doesn't mean that you're stuck sitting there. So, like you said before, Joel, get yourself together. You're not stuck there. You don't have to watch these horrible movies over and over and over again. Do what I do and leave Dave's house. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to true. do that. But also... As Aaron likes to say, you know, just because you're in a place now doesn't mean you're going to be there forever. There are ways to fix it. You just may not know it yet. How you got there doesn't need to be your future. A lot of people have gotten to where they are in retirement and they're quite successful or this point in life and they're quite successful. And they think that how they got there is how they're going to get into the future. And so if you did it yourself, if you have an advisor who puts you in this spot, it's okay to ask for a second opinion. There's just things that have become more complicated. And unfortunately, as life goes on, life needlessly complicates it for us. Kind of like, why must you needlessly complicate everything? Kind of like MSTK 3000. Mm-hmm. So, MST3K. Yeah, whatever. That's fine. It works. <laughs> I yeah. give you props for trying. NQA. All right. Do you remember the names of the robots? No. No. Not at all. You're going to see a picture of them in next week's email. 
<laughs> I look forward to it. Crow T. Robot, who was inspired by a bowling pin. I mean, we are we are like recording on the longest episode ever, and yeah. we're going back renaming robots right now. Yeah, and then Tom Servo, who's who's inspired by a gumball machine. So you'll you'll it all make perfect oh, sense. I mean, this is better than Slip Job and what was the video game people you talked oh about last time? Oh my gosh, Toe Jam and Earl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Which, by the way, just wait until you hear the end of Toe Jam and Earl, <laughs> or I'm, I'm sorry, the end of the episode. <laughs> it's gonna be fantastic, Dave. That was a long. Yeah. episode we went through a lot of really minute stuff and uh it was fun and next week or next episode i should say we're gonna have some solutions for people not just problems because i hate when people tell me problems and don't give me solutions so like your dave relates to retirees we're gonna teach people how that they can actually just get up and walk out of your house oh step oh man although they're first pudding cakes there really in trouble so um but with that if you do see this and you feel stuck like you have money that you can't use because there's a possible taxation on it let's talk talk to someone who knows what they're doing the person who got you here may not be the one that needs to take you to the finish line that's deep man like joel leaving earth's orbit josh and i will say (sighs) bye It ain't supposed to be commercial, man. It's jazz. Well, how would you describe jazz anyway, Tom? Oh, man. If you have to ask, you'll never know. Yeah, whatever. Let's go. Let's win. Right, Daddy. One, (laughs) two, one, two, three, four. Secret agent. Super dragon. Take it through, Daddy. Secret agent. Super Dragon. Yeah, grab an H-Joel. Secret Agent. Super Dragon. Ha <laughs> we're coming now. Secret Agent. Uh, wait, a, wait a second. Uh, you, you mean it just goes on like that, huh? Uh, oh, uh, Crow takes a trumpet solo now. Uh, I, I only picked up the trumpet a few minutes ago. I only know two notes. Well, it's not my fault if your chops ain't together. Hey, chop on oh, this, whoa, whoa, pal. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, I'll wait a, a second, wait a second. Cut it out, guys. Listen, I've got an idea. Hashtag tax nerd.